touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter, co-host of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We got another good one for you. I've got a guest today, Travis Wingfield. We're going to talk a little bit more about Indomitian Sioux. Travis is the host of Lockdown Dolphins. Guys, go check him out. I'll mention this in the podcast later, but this guy knows his stuff. He's always putting up great content. So give him a follow at Wingfield NFL on Twitter. He's a good follow. Also, while we're dropping some plugs here, check me out at LA underscore Rambling Bear and Locked On Rams on Twitter. Reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to join our team, we've got a website that we're doing, LockedOnRams.com. It's in connection with FanRag Sports, so check that out. The email, if you're interested, is LockedOnRams at gmail.com. All right, now that I got all the details out of the way, we're going to break down some fun stuff again today. More Sioux talk. Yes, more Sioux talk. We've got a whole offseason to really try to understand how awesome this is going to be. Uh, Sue and Donald in connection with Brockers and Easley. I mean, that front is just scary to think about. I can't wait to see how that all comes together. Let's get to training camp, people. Let's go. It is not even draft time yet. So speaking of draft time, this Odell Beckham trade continues to get legs. More and more sources and people are coming out saying the Rams are there and making a push for it. I don't know how this is going to play out. I think this is going to be uh, going for uh, in another couple weeks until the draft. And the Giants really have to make a decision. That's what it sounds like. Odell is going to push them into a decision, whether that is give the man some more money because he's saying he's not stepping on the field or find a trade partner. Uh, I think the Rams and Les Snead are sitting right there waiting for this thing to blow up and be that trade partner. We've got the number 23 pick. Remember, we do not have a second round pick, so there may be some futures that come into this if this does continue to grow and get further and further. We'll talk about that a little bit more with Travis. But exciting stuff. I think the most exciting for me, as we talked a little bit about this yesterday with James from Rams Podcast, is I'm just glad we're in the conversation. You know, it wasn't long ago that no one wanted to play for the Rams. No one thought about coming to play for the Rams. No one was, you know, talking with other players about they wanted to be a part of the Rams. And that's one of the latest uh, kind of leaks is that um, Donald and Odell Beckham kind of go back to even when Donald was holding out and they had communication. They became friends. Uh, They've been friends before that. And that he had reached out to him and Brockers and said that he was in, he wanted to come to L.A. And, and if it happened, that he'd be all about it. Is that true? Eh, I don't know. You know, a lot of sources, a lot of hot takes out there on Twitter. It's tough to kind of cipher through and figure out what's real, what's not. But sounds cool, doesn't it? But to my point, really, I'm just excited the Rams are in the conversation. I'm excited that we're putting our nose, we're finding players that other teams, you know, are trying to get rid of or move from a different direction where there's talent but just not a good fit. And the Rams are stepping up and going, hey, we've got a great locker room. We've got some solid foundation, both on the offense and defense side of the ball. They trust in McVay, just like all of us do. Les Snead has found a way to get the deal done to make sense financially and that we're not giving away our future uh, because obviously we have a bunch of people that we have to pay next year uh, and you know, hopefully re-sign guys like Peters and uh, extensions if Whitworth wants to stay a couple more years and and some of those guys obviously uh, with Goff and Gurley as well so 
Lots to get to. Uh, with that said, might as well just jump on over to the interview. Um, here is my conversation I had earlier today with Travis Wingfield of Locked On Dolphins. Enjoy, guys. All right, Rams Nation, I'm excited. We've got Travis Winfield back with us from Locked On Dolphins. If you guys remember from, well, I guess earlier this March, uh, we were talking about a Robert Quinn trade uh, that sent Robert Quinn over the Dolphins. We got back a fourth, and we ended up swapping sixth-round pick. Uh, Travis, thanks for again for joining us. How you doing, bud? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well, and it's it's always fun to have more activity this time of year. So these trades are so much more fun than it has been in the past, where it just basically was free agency in the draft. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy watching this free agent world, and I think it's like NBA and NFL are going back and forth about who can have the most entertaining offseason. And I feel like NFL's really made a push in the last few years um, as these, you know, obviously these contracts aren't guaranteed and teams are dumping players like Sue, which we'll get into, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. But it's been over a, a, a roughly a month since the initial trade, uh, getting Robert Quinn over there to the roster. I heard a little bit of rumor when he first got there that they almost thought about shipping him back out and, and trying to move him again, but it sounds like he's there to stay. Um, thoughts of the trade now a month later as you kind of added a few more pieces in the offseason. How do you feel about uh, Robert Quinn down there and, and what your defense is doing now that they've moved on from Sue? Yeah, I'm still kind of concerned about the defense in general, but Robert Quinn I thought was a good move because he had his best season with the St. Louis Rams then when he was in the wide nine defense that the Dolphins run now. So I think they're trying to kind of recreate what the Eagles did this last year by having you know four or five guys that are quality pass rushers off the edge, and Quinn definitely fits that bill. I, I mean, I know he was not as productive the last couple of years, and he had some injuries, and you know it's been a while since he's had some good years in the NFL, but I think that it's a good you know, low risk, high reward gamble for the Dolphins to take to go ahead and send to bring him over for a fourth round draft choice. Yeah, definitely. And I think for Rams Nation, as we talked uh, briefly on on when we had you on last time, we talked about this trade is, uh, you know, at least you guys are getting him while he is back on that incline going up. Although you're not sure how long that will stay or health will, will stay along with him. Get him back into the true system where he did best. Um, and I think he's out to prove it. I think, you know, when you get traded and you're, you're a big name, you got a big contract and a lot of people are asking you to prove it. You go over to uh, a new team all the way across the country. You feel like you got yourself uh, something to prove. So I still think you guys are, are looking pretty good at Robert Quinn and should get some good production out of him. Uh, when this move happened, I, I believe Sue was still on the roster. You guys hadn't released him yet. Is that correct? That's correct. I actually had a pretty dumb tweet looking back in hindsight saying that Robert Quinn, to me, signals they want to build a strong defensive line. So I don't see Ndamukong Sue going anywhere. So <laughs> show, shows how much I know. Well, that's the awesome thing about the hot take on Twitter these days is you're going to put it out there and you got to live by it, right? Um, exactly. And and it sounded like a good idea, right? As you're looking at it, adding this, you know, it, this edge rusher and, and really adding a sack artist to go along with Sue and maybe take off some of that pressure. He talked about when he signed with the Rams, and we haven't really seen that press conference yet, but through uh, multiple sources kind of talked that he loved not having to get the double team. You know, he was excited to come out here and, and play with Aaron Donald. As you look at this one-two combo, um, and then obviously you can throw in Michael Brockers there in, in the front line, uh, what do you think the Rams are truly getting with Ndamukong Sue, and how do you think he'll fit in uh, on that D-line? 
it's it's entirely absurd. You guys have, in my opinion, the best play, the best defensive player in the NFL already at that position, and then you go and you add probably a top three or four guy at the position as well. So I mean, I I don't have anything negative to say about Sue. I think a lot of Dolphins fans want to find a reason to hate the guy, but I think at the end of the day, the move came because the Dolphins just. You know, obviously we're kind of punching bag right now. I see things a little bit differently in terms of the Dolphins' perspective. But from Andamakan Sue's perspective, I think they they kind of were doing some long-term planning in terms of cleaning up their cap. They had some really bad contracts on the books. They egregiously gave Kiko Alonso and Andre Branch big contracts. TJ McDonald got an extension before not even playing a game with the Dolphins. Right. And so they kind of put themselves in this position where they had to go ahead and and you know kind of manage the cap. And Andamakan Sue made the most sense because they can roll over his money to future years and, and take a cap hit that was smaller and just kind of move on from him now and focus on extending guys in the future. But as far as performance goes, he hasn't fallen off at one single bit. He has been as dominant as he ever was with the Lions. Like you said, the double teams, he can eat those up and still win against double teams. He is super strong. I don't know how many tackles he had this year where he basically one-armed the guy and brought him down to the ground. So he's still a freak. You guys are getting an all-pro. Yeah, I think we're all excited about that because, you know, Aaron Donald's been getting the double team, and you add a guy like that, and it's kind of pick your poison. And one of the people I think everyone's really excited about is, you know, that combination of Brockers and Easley who may just be there in cleanup duty, right? Those guys force quarterback to go somewhere, and it runs right into them. And they also can have single coverage. So we're excited about not only if he's going to be making the play, but, you know, who it frees up. So we've we got a lot of talk going out here, who's going to end up being the sack leader on, on that, you know, front line, because it could really be anybody, depending on the game and how the flow goes and who they pay attention to. And just, I mean, we can't even comprehend how those two are going to work together yet. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier, it's almost unfair, you know, top three, top five guys in the position, including the number one defensive player, returning defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. So, we're super excited out here in L.A., and um, one thing I kind of wanted to kick around, because you kind of said Dolphin fans kind of want to find a reason to hate them, but at the end of the day, performance-wise, you can't. A lot of reports, and the Rams seem to not really care about this coming out of Dominican Sue, um, even with Marcus Peters and Tlaib, uh, of the character issues. Obviously, we know Sue's background as far as you know, stepping on guys and hitting people late and being just kind of a little edgy, which I don't really mind as in my defense alignment, because I want him to be pretty tough. Um, but there was the talks of didn't really want to practice, had to be motivated to go that you know Monday through Friday to get game ready. What were your thoughts on that? Did you hear much of that coming out of Miami during the time? And is that something you see any concern in? No, I wouldn't buy any stock in that idea at all because, you know, he's a guy that he, he's not going to show up for your OTAs or whatever, you know, the voluntary stuff. He's going to do his own stuff on his own time. So maybe he's not the best teammate in the world, which you can get over that. I mean, you're not going to have a, a roster full of choir boys. But as far as getting ready for games on Sunday, he never, never once had a problem. He never missed a game. He was an 85% snap guy, which for a defensive tackle is just insane. And I, I mean – I think he's a guy that cares. I mean, mostly the number one thing to him, his number one priority is he wants to get paid. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what the guys, you know, that's, that's their job. That's their, you know, their end of the day. That's the ends that, yeah, <laughs> that's why they're doing this is what I'm trying to right, say. Right. So he's, he's going out to get money and that's totally fine. But now he goes to LA. I mean, the $14 million contract is not cheap, but obviously a one year deal, he wants to win. So I think he kind of shows you that his priorities may have shifted a little bit because you know, going to Miami at the time that he did, he I mean, that was all about a money grab. And he got his he got $60 million over three years. So good for him there. I think now he's probably looking to try to win more in, in L.A. 
Yeah, I think it's combo that. I think the Rams, when they pitched it to, also said, hey, look at, look at our 2019 numbers. Right now, this is what we can give you because we've got to build Donald a little bit here. We got some other, you know, the draft picks and everything. And, you know, come out here, prove you're a good fit. And we've got money waiting around the corner. Uh, and I think he was all about that and kind of, you know, excited to join, obviously, this crazy defense that we're putting together. As far as, you know, we've, you hear kind of people ranking defense and there's the Eagles out there and, you know, a couple other teams. Where do you see, you know, the Rams fitting in as far as in the NFC and then in the NFL overall as far as how these pieces on paper are coming together? Well, what's crazy about it is, you know, I think that a lot of teams, at least in this decade have really focused more towards the back end of the defense whereas in the past it's always you know you got to win in the trenches and the Rams are coming out here going after Marcus Peters Aqib Tlaib you know the Marcus Joyner's obviously back just loading up on the back end and you're thinking that's their area of focus but then they also have you know like we're talking about Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue it's just it's crazy how good they could possibly be if they can get everyone on the same page get everyone acclimated to the scheme I have no doubt they will because Wade Phillips is such a master of doing just that so I think that you guys are right up there top of the league and I I would think that your expectations should be Super Bowl at this point. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is trying to contain expectations but also be realistic. You know, we won 11 games last year, had the number one offense in the league, and then, you know, add these three pro bowlers and, you know, some would argue top three, top five of their position, you know, that's including the two cornerbacks that we got. And you kind of get to like, all right, well, we hosted a playoff game. Where do we go next with adding these pieces? And it's not hard to jump two games in the playoffs and say, yeah, we probably should go to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be something that's is, is going to be interesting as the season starts. You know, first four or five games, how do they come out of the gate? And can they take that pressure? Right now they seem to be embracing it and they're all about it. Uh, but, you know, the, the classic saying, that's why they play the games on Sunday. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. But out here in Rams Nation, we feel pretty good about it. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is more just kind of football talk because I know it doesn't really affect the Dolphins and, and you know, he's never really played for the Dolphins, but uh, Odell Beckham has been in the news a lot lately as far as rumors and trade rumors. The Giants really haven't come out to say he's not going to be traded, but they, you know, they're, they're dancing around the topic. They're saying, you know, until we have those conversations, uh, but a lot of sources coming out that the Rams are one of the few teams that have made you know an offer and maybe continue to make an offer. What are your thoughts? Let's kind of put you in the Dolphins' world. I know maybe it's not a good fit for what they're doing down there. Obviously got rid of Landry, and they're trying to rebuild that thing and go a different direction. But if you guys were in the market for it, what would you think as far as getting a player like that, and what would you be willing to give? I think Odell Beckham is as good as it gets a wide receiver. I think Antonio Brown's better. That's probably just about it in terms of the pecking order wide receiver. But that said, man, I really can't stand the guy personally. I think that all, <laughs> all, all of the stuff, like the guys that post the, you know, the Instagram workout videos, the guys that just want to be in the media and want to have the focus on them, the entire kicking net thing from last year, he just drives me crazy because you don't see Antonio Brown doing any of that stuff. So from that perspective, I can't stand the guy. And then also, I think just kind of what he's expecting this year in terms of salary and don't get me wrong he's earned the right to be the highest paid receiver and, and you know get upwards of 20 million dollars per year but if you're going to take on that kind of cap hit man he better be producing at you know the antonio brown type of level that he has been for the last couple of years before the injury so i think he's he's a dynamic receiver probably one of the best route runners in recent memory obviously the electric ability to go you know turn a, a five-yard slant route into a 70-yard touchdown but 
are you willing to buy the headache with the players? My big question. Yeah, I think that is the internal struggle of every L.A. Ram fan right now. Uh, you get a lot of people that are saying, you know, guys, think about it. He's the best player. I don't care what there is. If we get a chance, we got to get him. And then you get a lot of people with very similar answers to you. Like, dude's a stud, but internally, every time I see him, he kind of get that cringe. And you're like, gosh, he kind of seems like a jerk. Or, you know, especially <laughs> coming out to L.A., obviously he's played in the big market in New York, but... Coming out to L.A. And, and, you know, being around that Hollywood mentality of, you know, will his head get too big and will he be able to, you know, stay focused and not try to beat up a football net on the side of the, of the field. And, you know, a lot of people said the same thing. Um, you know, winning solves everything if the Rams can win. And, but you, you're thinking, do you want a guy that has to be around winning to be the guy you want? Or do you want a guy that win or lose is going to give you the same, you know, emotion um, and be consistent? So, it's a debate that's going around quite heavily here in L.A. I've seen many photoshopped uh, L.A. jerseys on Odell Beckham recently, and I think so. A lot of people are still pretty behind it. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think for us, it's just more of like, what else can the Rams surprise us with? Because a couple weeks ago when uh, Sue's name came up and L.A. connected a little bit, people were like, nah, just there's no way. You know, we've already done our big moves, and, and then they go and surprise us again. Um, so at this point, I think everyone's kind of done guessing and being like, you know, there's not really a player out there that they don't think that we could maybe try to get. And um, right, yeah, it's been the fun thing out here. But real quick before I let you go, um, you know, while I got you on, um, you know, for those that haven't followed, you know, the Dolphins very closely in the off season, I know most of us kind of have the idea of, you know, Landry was shipped. You guys made a couple moves. Sounds like you solidified a backup there, but kind of give us a, maybe a quick overcap of what you've seen the Dolphins do so far this offseason uh, and what maybe still needs to be filled. Yeah, so you're going to get a perspective from me that you're not going to find anywhere else because the, the entire national media is just crapping all over the Dolphins. They actually ranked us 32nd on ESPN and Power Rankings today, which is, is so it's so asinine. Like, you know, the Colts are, are just a, a whole, you know, <laughs> right. they got so many holes in that roster. The Browns have won one game. And like, give me a break. It's just, it's crazy because everyone thinks there's no vision. And if you read that blurb on ESPN, they said that, you know, they, they let this talent go like Jarvis Landry and Dominic and Sue and Lawrence Timmons and Julius Thomas and Jermon Bushrod. Well, if you go back to last year, at the same time, the same people were talking about how bad those players were. So it's like when they're on the Dolphins, they're good they're bad players when they leave the Dolphins are suddenly good players so that that aspect drives me crazy I think they're building around Ryan Tannehill which if you follow me on Twitter I know you do Brad yep. that I, I absolutely love Tannehill I think he is you know an answer to a lot of the questions we had because you go back to the numbers from, from Cutler compared to Tannehill it's like it's night and day in terms of productivity in terms of third down conversion rate you know touchdown percentage rate pass everything you want to look at you know the film Everything points to a much better offense with Ryan Tannehill in the game. And you get a, a bunch of guys like Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, guys that can win quickly off the line of scrimmage. You now have a good pass-protecting offensive line for the first time in Ryan Tannehill's career. It just it plays to his strengths. I think Kenyon Drake is a budding star on offense. I'm actually really excited about the offense. I'm still concerned about the defense because obviously losing Sue hurts and our back end is still a little bit iffy. Linebackers are dreadful again, as they always are. So I think the Dolphins are in the same boat they've been for the last 10 years, you know, right around that 500, possibly bet a little bit better, possibly a little bit worse than they are. But they're definitely not going to be a four or three win team like everyone seems to think they are. Right. And, you know, I, I think that we talked about it earlier, that mentality of writing you off. It can go a long way with the team, especially with getting their quarterback back in Tannehill and letting him retake over you know, control on that team. You got a bunch of new faces. I think everyone's out there to prove himself. 
and you look up and see the New England Patriots, and I'm not saying they're falling apart quickly, but they've lost, um, <laughs> you know, a couple starting offensive linemen. You know, you stole one of their wide receivers. We're not really even sure what Gronk's going to be doing uh, mm-hmm. and, and how long, and I don't even want to doubt Tom Brady, but how long he can continue to play at that level. And for some reason, and this may be just my opinion, I feel like the Dolphins have always really played them pretty well. Um, it was it this year that they played them almost. It was a Thursday night game. Uh, did they end up winning that game? Was that the Thursday they, night? Yeah, they, they beat them on Monday night. And then if you go back, you cancel 2016. The previous three years, they split with them every year. So they actually they do beat them like once a year. Just exactly. About year. So if you can hang tough against you know the top of the division, and especially when they're coming in a little bit weaker than normal, they lost obviously. Running back, defensive back, they've lost a lot of key pieces to that Super Bowl run. So, hey, you never know. I mean, it was yeah. the Rams last year, everyone kind of laughing at and putting at that bottom of the, the barrel. Next thing you know, you come out, we hosted a playoff game. So, um, guys, make sure to go follow Travis. It's Wingfield NFL on Twitter. Um, even if you're not a Dolphins fan, uh, I'll say Travis puts up a lot of great content. Very in-depth, stat-based uh, film watching, all that good stuff. So if you guys are just fans of football, uh, give them a follow. And then go check out the podcast, Locked on Dolphins. Um, always have great guests on. You do a great job with the podcast over there. So congrats to what you're doing there. Appreciate it coming on. Anytime you want to talk football, reach out to me and we'll do this again. Yeah, man, let's do some more uh, general NFL stuff. It's kind of fun. I, I don't get a chance to go outside the Dolphins very often, so it's kind of fun to talk about that. Yeah, me too, man. I'm always down to talk football. So thanks a lot, Travis. And uh, guys, go check them out. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. All right, Rams Nation, there you have it. Travis Wingfield of Locked On Dolphins. Great interview with him. Always appreciate it and have a good time chatting football with him. So expect to see him and hear him back on the podcast again. Big fan of his uh, and everything he does over there. So, guys, go check him out. Wingfield NFL on Twitter. He's a good follow. Uh, with that, one more time, plug myself, LA underscore Rambling Bear. Reach out to me on Twitter as well as Gmail, LockedOnRams at gmail.com. Go check out the website. We've got a few more stuff coming up. We're going to be sharing it through social as well. That's LockedOnRams.com. If you're interested in joining the team and want to write for us, want to feel like you want to get some content out there, talk about your own thoughts, comments, concerns about the Rams, hit me up. We'll see if it's a good fit. You never know. Appreciate it as always, guys. I'll be back one more time this week. Probably going to be a Friday episode, so hang in for that. And uh, as always, guys, have some really cool interviews that I'm setting up for next week and the week after that. So content will continue to be awesome over here at Locked On Rams. And one last thing before I get out of here. I know I teased it a little bit, but there's tons of amazing stuff on the Locked On Network from the Locked On NFL, the Locked On Draft, and then jumping over to other sports. We've got Locked On NBA. If you got a Clippers or Lakers fan out there, any type of fan, Go check them out. And now, adding to the roster, we're doing Locked On MLB. So check out the Locked On Dodgers. For me, I'm going to go be checking out that Locked On Cubs. They're going to be doing five days a week short podcasts just like we're doing over here. So if you're not believing the hype, this Locked On Network is blowing up. So I appreciate you guys listening here, but go spread the love across the network. Well, Rams Nation, with that said, you know what time it is. Until next time, peace.